uh hey um yeah this month uh topics a little bit more adult we're talking about sex so any kids that are listening to this uh don't unless your parents know then i guess it's cool but uh listener discretion is advised yeah okay let's do this Hi everyone, welcome to Reluctantly Adult, an advice podcast for people who believe they shouldn't be allowed to adult. I'm your host, Charmel Scipio, and I reluctantly adult. For this month, the topic is better sex. And there are going to be several really interesting, really great conversations revolving around sex. Um, The first of which, which is today's episode, is an all guys round table about sex. In this episode, I talk with four guys, Dave, Will, Eric, and Joe about their experiences with sex, how they relate to it, what they expect from their partners, what they expect to experience in in the act of sex, and sort of how all of these things are just shaped by their individual experiences. Um, Additionally, you will hear my producer for this month, my good friend, Liz Welsh. Um, I was genuinely all thumbs about how to design this month's uh, interviews, what questions to ask. because I'm just not as connected with this topic as uh as Liz is she's very open and very free about talking about it and very uh very forward in in the right of sexuality and people basically being able to do whatever the hell they want because they can um as long so long as they're consenting adults um this episode was a lot of fun to um, to actually record. Uh, the guys were great. We had a great atmosphere. The drinks were flowing. Uh, snacks were going. And it was definitely a lot of fun. Um, one note, the sound gets a little wonky in some places. Um, forgot to ask people to turn off their, um, their cell phones. So there's some cell phone text blings in there. Um, as well as ask the folks that were on the phone to, to mute themselves. So sometimes there's a little bit of background noise, um, but for the most part, it's it's pretty good. Um, yeah, so let's jump into the All Guys uh, Roundtable. Enjoy. Welcome to Reluctantly Adult. Uh, please introduce yourselves to the people. Hi, I'm David. Will from Phil. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Joe from uh, Philadelphia. Eric. Uh, sorry, I forgot the order. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was Jose and then me. Sorry. Um, I'm Eric and I live in Brooklyn. Awesome. And uh, today is a little bit of a different episode than usual. Um, we're doing a roundtable. And so for September, the topic is sex, specifically better sex, but sex in general. Um, September? Or fe- September? Or February? Oh, shit. February. Fuck. All right. I thought this was going to air in the future. I plan to head. Um, no, I meant February. Um, so the topic for February is sex, specifically better sex, but sex nonetheless. Um, and I thought that this would be a great opportunity for us to have uh, a roundtable, um, and specifically a roundtable with just guys and then a roundtable with ladies. So today we're doing the roundtable with just guys. Um, but there are two ladies on, myself and Liz, who is uh, being my producer 
for Hello. this month was say hi to people. Hi, people. There you go. Hi. <laughs> um, so, you know, we're going to get started with just a couple um, icebreaker questions just to kind of, you know, get you loose uh, before we jump into, you know, some of the more other questions, I guess. Um, so the question that I really like, and it's really funny to me, but um, if you had to choose, like, what would your sexual spirit animal be? I've never thought about that. Okay. <laughs> Impossible. Impossible question. No, I think I got I got I got an answer here. I I I I tend to think now that I you know Googled it a few times. Um, and no, I, I'll, honestly, I would say the honey badger. Can but, I be a can honey badger? The, yeah. But why? Yeah, why? Like <laughs> because it's it's about perseverance, right? I mean, uh, in some sense. Uh, um, being being old, maybe older than the rest of the guys in this panel. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm going to be 40 years old this year, so you know I've got a, a long. Uh, it, through the years, it, it's changed in what you go through to to have to get it, right? Based on the situation, and and um, you know when a guy really wants it, he gets it, and we and you know there's sometimes uh, shamefully what we do to get it. So so you know if you look at what the honey badger is all about. He doesn't care what he goes through to, to get food, right? He sticks his face in a, uh, you know, a beehive. He, uh, uh, not, and that's not some kind of nasty. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. Keep, just keep no, going just down saying, this path. Keep going. You know, it's, it's all about perseverance, and that's what the honey badger is all about. You know, he he takes what you know, gets bitten by a cobra just to just to wake up and finish eating it after you know. So it's so it, it's in a sense it's uh, you know if you think about uh, the plight of the man to get sex. Uh, it, it's uh, if you look at it, it is uh, very honey badgerish in is a it, sense. Is it a plight? Like, is that is that a thing? <laughs> <laughs> like, is it, is it tough? Because I feel like with the advent of Tinder, like it's it's not that's not true anymore. No, it's, it's still true. I think it's still true. Really? So the the, the hunt for sex, like you mean? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's I don't think a, that's going anywhere. No, I'm just asking. Like, is to me like that? That doesn't sound. I guess as a woman, like it seems different. Like it, it seems like yes, sex is out there, but I don't know if it feels like the power is necessarily in my hands. Like it's driven differently for it's it, it's a it's a, it's a different driving agent altogether. I mean, right. If you think about what a man what's driving a man, of course it's pleasurable, and of course there are some people that it's much more pleasurable than others, right? Right. Um, but in, in, in a sense, too, there's also, uh, you know, a, a biological thing for men, you know? So, you know, you, you combine those two. It's a very different thing than, say, a woman who's, you know, not really... Uh, and I could be wrong, but, you know, I don't think they have the same type of uh, dr driven, instinctual thing to reproduce the way we do. Yeah, I, I don't know. I could be wrong. I'll find out tomorrow, I guess, right? But, um, you know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, do any of you guys feel that, that that is the same way that you feel about it? Not really for me. No? Um, okay. I'm, I'm not a botanist, so I don't know much about the animal world, but <laughs> I, I've been with the same partner. <laughs> been with the same partner for uh, over 10 years now. Right. And so the hunt for me is a little different, I mm -hmm. think. Um, it's more about... Uh, communication. So if there's an animal out there that 
communicates really well with their partner mm-hmm. to get sex, which I kind of doubt because that's not what you usually observe in the animal world. But mm-hmm. let's just say that, that that theoretical animal exists. That's what I am. So mm-hmm. like like a bee maybe I, I don't know I don't, I don't no dolphins? I think I think in like dolphins like, maybe yeah like yeah. a dolphin yeah maybe dolphins I think bees are the men are more or less just slaves right they are and then she kills them that's yeah. most right. of the insects I'm not going for the bee I don't analogy. I don't see a problem with Man, mantises and all of that I don't see a problem here you start eating you just get get eaten and you're not you just you're just there I don't see what's in it for me yeah. I don't, short I don't life see, I don't see a problem <laughs> but all right um, Eric what about you. Uh, oh, I don't, I'm a mixed bag, I think. Um, I mean, I guess, I mean, I'm queer, right? So mm-hmm. I find that my sexual practices change mm-hmm. pretty regularly. So sometimes I'm dominant, sometimes I'm submissive, sometimes mm-hmm. I'm sleeping with people that identify as female, sometimes mm-hmm. I sleep with people that identify as male, mm-hmm. you know? So across gender spectrums and sexual identity spectrums, so... I, there isn't really one animal that really symbolizes all of that, you know? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It, it's not really... It's a tough question, huh? Yeah. It's not just one kind of label, you know? Can we go and I also, sapien? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I also think it's true. I think it's true the whole hunting thing. Yeah, I mean, it depends on the person and the situation. I think, you know, sometimes you're trying to lock in a deal at a bar. Sometimes you're trying to lock in a deal with someone that you're seeing. And, you know, it just depends. It depends mm-hmm. on the... The situation, the context. Are you seeing somebody? Are you single? Are you just trying to get laid? You know. Right. Yeah. And, and 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 to even go further, I mean, if you if you are seeing, in my case, you know, I, I'm I'm married now and I'm happily married, but we have kids now. So you'd think that, and my wife is beautiful, and you and you'd think that you know she is fine. See, she's she's you'd, fine. You'd see my me and my uh, my wife coming, you know, going to functions all the time, and she looks amazing, and uh there's no guarantee that I'm going to go home and get sex that night. I'm even, <laughs> even, even, even laying in bed, even laying in bed that 15 minutes before we slip into comas after a long day of work. That's a little mini hunt going on right now. I'm trying to figure out the mood, which way she's laying. Is it indicating to me that she wants to have sex? Right. Sometimes ass out means that she's maybe interested. Maybe that's just the way she's comfortable. Oh, so we I don't know. Real, <laughs> oh, no, we're, yeah, get, get all the way real. So, yeah. right. so I'm, just, yeah. I'm just saying, so it's a hunt. It's a hunt. And, you know, like I said, we have a two-year-old and a five-year-old and a 17-year-old, uh, that which is mine, not hers. So, um, but still, it's so, you know, it, it's, I have to be sensitive to, you know, how tired she is and I work long hours. And, and so, you know, it's a hunt. It's, a, it's, it's even a hunt in my own home. You know? Right. So yeah, I don't know. Like I never, I don't know if I ever thought of it in in that respect though. Like I just, I just don't think I ever thought of it in that way. I've definitely felt that way, but it's not about me. So it's not about you. You you wait until tomorrow to give your opinion, lady. Um, so I have some like interesting would would you rather questions. So um, Buzzfeed, the best thing to ever happen to the human race, uh, has a bunch of videos about these would you rather questions or whatever. And I always thought that they're very interesting. Um, so uh, would you rather not have sex for a year or have sex every day of your life but never orgasm? Not have sex for a year. <laughs> Easy. Off the top, Dave. You were just like... Uh, without the orgasm, I really don't quite get the point. Okay. That's fair. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I I, have a, I kind of agree. I mean, I enjoy sex way before the orgasm happens, but mm-hmm. I 
I mean, taking a break from sex for a year wouldn't be the worst thing. I'd probably have a lot more time on my hands to do other things, you know? Yeah. I'm going to go with sex. I'm sorry. <laughs> sex every single day. But um, not but not where you have Like, you you're fine with that. Because the stipulations of the question, you don't necessarily have to be having sex to have orgasm. So... That's all I'm so, saying. So you're like, you're like, I'm gonna find a workaround around can, this. I can finish myself. <laughs> that don't mean that I'm not going. Yeah, if you know I'm what? I'm not going to get laid for it. Yeah, that's I don't know. Yeah, you know what? And some people, and some people, you have to keep in mind. Some people, when it comes to sex, it's more about even for men. I mean, they, a lot they won't admit this, but a lot of men having sex is about the intimacy and to go one year without having that intimacy is 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 tough for some guys. You know, you it, without it, you kind of you may lose that sense of of being needed mm-hmm. and it, so so going without the sex for a year like he said you know there are a lot of times when if you're really good at what you're doing she finish <laughs> she finishes a few times before you get a chance and then good. she she good. starts to lose interest and if she's taken care of i finish myself yeah, yeah. you know it's not it's not such a but it's a tough one because the orgasm is great i mean it's much right. uh i've had better orgasms finishing myself than sometimes with the person i was with you know mm-hmm. so, yeah, it's a tough. That's a, it's a good question. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to have. I, I hope to never. I hope never to face that uh, bridge. Uh, yeah, to say that. I yeah. I I mean, I hope not. But you know, it's it's a it's a would you rather like just <laughs> okay like there are no other choices but these two. Um, so here's another one. Uh, would you rather have sex with someone with really bad breath or really bad bo? I would say B.O. Because breath, you know, if you can't get anywhere near that, you know, I, I just, I, I have to kiss when I'm having sex. So right. breath is sort of a non-negotiable for me. Okay. If it's so B.O., you, you can, I don't know, sometimes B.O. can be hot. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that, that's fair because it Some, depends I mean, on what it like, is. Yeah. If it's, if it's B.O. that's complimentary to, I mean, if it's pheromones that I'm digging, then that's fine. Bring it along, you know? I mean, I don't know. So, but so bad you, breath you give, is always bad. You give your partner, like, you give your partner, like, a tic-tac in the morning then? But, morning like, that's what I was going to say. My thing is, like, in the morning, you, don't, you can't kiss. That's impossible. Yeah. It's not possible. Well, you just don't. You just do a lot of that pecking, right? You just don't open your mouth. Or just keep Tic Tacs on your nightstand. And right before you get going, like, here, take this real quick. And then you can do the whole you know, Whatever and, works for you. Like, that, that's fine. Like, no, the worst part is when you're, the worst part is when you're, uh, when someone sleeps over, or, you know, your boyfriend or whatever, your girlfriend, and they, they sneak out of bed and they try to play you because they go and brush their teeth. And then they get back into bed and they're all about it. And you're yeah. like, you just cheated. You okay. can't cheat. <laughs> Like you just, because now you're showing up and you got your game on lock and I look like an idiot yeah. and I look gross, I'm you know? I'm yeah. yeah, I'm not, I'm get, I'm not getting out. Of, I'm not getting out of bed. I'm not getting out of bed though to brush my teeth. I mean, you, you, that's your decision. You want to kiss me? Then here it is. You're, you're getting <laughs> all of it. You're getting all here's of the, it. Overnight yeah. funk that has set in. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah, with me, you get another drink. You kiss or not? So. <laughs> Something has to be done. I got to drink some juice or something. Yeah. So you're you're saying like bad breath is is a deal breaker? Yeah, for will. me it's the bo bo. I rather I, the b. I rather I don't know. That's this that's tough because you don't have to necessarily be facing each other and things like that. You know what I mean? So right. But wait, how's BO that work? is everywhere. Yeah, bo is everywhere. No matter what, <laughs> no matter which way to face it. How bad right. is the bo? How bad is yeah. the bo? What are we talking? I mean, scale of one to ten. <laughs> yeah, like I guess, like like post workout bo. I guess I, I don't know. I mean, Listen, I'll take that over bad breath any day. But like, if it's really hard bo, you know that pretty much 
puts the kibosh in the whole thing. I think okay. it depends on, yeah, I think it depends on the level of the scent itself. Like, if we're talking about, like, taking a shit versus <laughs> armpit sweat or something like that, that's a different smell. Right. So, like, I don't think I could deal with pungency, like, the, the, the smell of, like, something that I couldn't stand or right. stomach. If it's stale, if it's been around for a couple of days, then that's not it. Broccoli, for instance. You ever said broccoli out for a couple of days? Like, that's that's crazy. The stuff is is intense, you know? (laughs) So it's like that versus, um, you know, somebody just came from a workout. I don't think that's a big deal. Mm -hmm. See, I went went to school with with our lovely uh, lovely, uh, host hostess today and uh, so so I'm going to say this with, I'm not going to give any names, but I dated somebody who had a very beautiful woman uh, from around the high school, college time and uh, she had a problem, a gland problem and Mm. she, she, it was like a natural BO and after a little while, um, you know, early on in the dating phase, I I was, I was almost able to look past it. She took like, she used to wear a lot of deodorant so she couldn't do anything about it but I ain't gonna lie, after a while, it was rough. It yeah. was rough. It yeah, was like, rough. I, I mean, I She think... needs some Botox. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Whatever it was, it was rough. It was, it was rough. rough. I mean, God, like that, I, I agree with you guys. Like, it is a tough question, and I think it has to depend on sort of where your preference lies, but, oh, God, I don't know. Like, either way, like, I would be, like, gagging. Like, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to throw up because I have a really sensitive sense of smell so like I usually pick up on things way before other people like before they hit other people so I don't I don't know if I could deal with either one honestly like I'd just be like I'm out I'm tapping out I don't I don't want any parts of this but everybody everybody in this phone and I don't don't, you you could deny it but everybody on this phone has left the club at three in the morning if you live in New York at seven in the morning and (laughs) and you you left the club with, with somebody and you've been sweating and dancing all night, you smell like ass and beer. And and you know, you smell like life. You smell like life. You smell okay, like a man. life well lived. It's fresh sweat. You know, it's you still it hasn't been around for a couple of days. Now, now, if, if if you okay, but so you say it that way, right? But if you got on the train and you were sitting next to someone who smelled like someone who just walked out at seven in the morning, you're gonna give them that look like the hell's wrong with you. So yeah. the point the point is the point is that we've all went home with that person and we all got it in. And we didn't care what the breath smelled like. We didn't care what the ass smelled like. You were just you just wanted to get it in because that animal instinct kicked in. And you're like, let's do this. I don't care. I don't care what you smell like. I don't care anything. Let's do it. And I, I'll be, I'll keep it real. I, I, I know I probably have done that a few times. I can't remember it, but I'm pretty sure that at the time it, it happened. So, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, we're going to do what we got to do regardless of what they smell like or what their breath smells like at 7 in the morning. You know. or, or is that a sunk cost fallacy? You put on light into that. Right. Damn it. <laughs> you're going to follow through. Right. Like, yeah, I've, yeah, I've been yeah, dealing yeah. with this all night, so why I, the hell not? Actually, I guess, you just, yeah. Oh, man. I guess. Like, ugh, so gross. That is so gross. Um, all right. So, so when you guys hear, like, like off the top, when, when, when I, like, reach out to you guys and I said, I'm doing an, a roundtable about sex. Like, when you heard sex, like, what, what popped into your head? Like, what was the first thing you thought? Um, I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, I was ready for anything. Like, just, I, I don't know what even to think I about I didn't know this. whether you were going to go intellect or... Oh, okay. Right, yeah. Right into it. Just, you know. Right, right. How right. do you like it? Where do you want it? You know, that type of stuff. I, I didn't know what you, how you was going to do it. 
So I can't even write a thing down. I didn't really want to read the questions. I wanted to okay. be surprised. Okay. Yeah, same here. I didn't want to read them. Skimmed them. You see? Yeah. I struggled with spirit animal or oh, okay. sex animal. <laughs> and I didn't Thank make it really far past that. I told you that was a tough as one. As far as I know, I'm, I'm a I'm a last minute substitution here, so yeah. I, I didn't get the opportunity of seeing the questions. I'm a little taken aback that other others got. That's yeah, secret like, sauce. Yeah. Yeah. Which it obviously seems like it didn't matter because they didn't want to read them anyway. So <laughs> you know I read mine. Scripted. I read mine. It didn't help me. Didn't help me. I'm not knowing what my spirit animal was, but I read mine. But you read them. <laughs> All right. Right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, David, when you heard that, that we were doing this and, and, you know, you heard sex, that was, that was a part of it. Like what? So, so actually the main concern that I had, and it was a concern, uh, is like I said, I've been with my, my wife now for uh, over 10 years, mm -hmm. and I just wanted to make sure that whatever we talked about would respect her. Right. So I didn't want to say anything that I might, I, I'm pretty open about a lot of things, mm -hmm. and, I'll, and I'll, I don't get embarrassed easily, mm -hmm. but uh, she might, so I wanted to right. make sure that whatever I said, that questions wouldn't be asked that would, that would uh, intrude into our private lives. Right, right, yeah, protect the, the lives of the innocent, of course, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what about what about you, Joe? Um, you know, actually, I thought if you recall when you first asked me that the first thing I said was I was going to go under an anonymous name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, yeah. that's, for a similar thing, you know, I don't want to say anything. I mean, I'm I'm a I, I have an open, you know, uh, you know, me and my wife, uh, we try to communicate as openly as possible, um, which is uh, not always realistic, but um, it's the attempt at least. And uh, so, you know. Same, same idea, you know, I want to be, wanted to be respectful to her and, mm -hmm. um, you know, not offend her, but at the same time, you know, the past is the past, you know, and uh, there's nothing, I, you know, I know I wouldn't say anything that if she heard, she would, she may look at me in a funny, you know, funny face, but I, at the end of the day, um, I had no idea what to expect, you know, I figured it'd be just a round table of guys talking about sex and sex stories, and then I saw your questions, and I was like, oh, okay, you know, so... Yeah, no, nothing, not, nothing. I didn't put too much thought into it. Oh, okay. Well, that's that's good. But, I mean, I, I don't know if that's necessarily good, but I, I didn't want anyone to overthink it. I didn't want anyone to overthink it. I've been thinking about this for three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about you, Eric? I mean, I, I figured you reached out to me because I've, you know, recorded other things mm -hmm. around sex and I'm active in sex advocacy especially mm -hmm. for hiv positive people so i assumed you're like oh who can i you know corral in that's going to be radically honest and that's me you know yeah yeah and yeah, i have the benefit of being single so i don't have to really think about anyone else other than me when talking about sex so it's kind of easy yeah i wanted at least one person where i'd be like no shit's given none at all exactly and that's me and that's <laughs> yeah. um yeah, I mean, so, I mean, I appreciate that you guys, aside from being sort of concerned about your your partner, that you came in with sort of no misconception, or no, not necessarily, not misconceptions, but like... Misgivings? Misgivings, yeah. Like, yeah. you were just sort of like, well, whatever happens, happens, huh? Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's good for me, I guess. Um, so... Just off the top, like, what is the best or worst sex advice that you've ever received? That you were just like, this is clutch, going to keep this in my back pocket forever? Or, that was terrible, I'm surprised, like, I didn't kill someone or myself. 
Will's covering his face, so yeah, I feel like, like he must have a really good or bad story. I think either way, it's a good story for us. It's a great story for us either way. Like, <laughs> totally in here. I yeah. got nothing. My girlfriend is in the room. Uh, we can I have guys. her step out. This uh, is not fair. <laughs> <laughs> she going to turn the station on. No, it's not fair. No. I, um, I have no idea. Give me a minute. Okay. Um, what about any, anyone else? Dave's got something. Like you. <laughs> <laughs> I have received surprisingly little sex advice. Really? Uh, one a bit that I have received that's worked out pretty well is the figure eight with the tongue. Okay. <laughs> All right. Works pretty well. Yeah, that's that's like clutch. Like you're like keeping that forever. Yeah. Yeah, you mix it up, but. It's, it's a <laughs> you, all, it's, you know something? I'm gonna I'm gonna extend off of that. You you absolutely right because here's the thing, the whole alphabet thing, it's impossible. You, it, while you when you're having sex, you can't spell it out. You can't you can't just do the alphabet because you forget where letter you're at. So how how can you focus on that? It's too many letters in the alphabet. Right. So do you just do you just pick pick a letter? Do you pick and you a letter and then go, and, or yeah. start from there? Like it's impossible. It's, it, no, ideally you're like paying attention to how she's feeling and you're, you know, hitting the letter that she wants. You don't need to keep changing the alphabet if you right. already found the three that she needs. And that's the thing. Do you, <laughs> do you find the spot like, all right, hey, I got the P. Like, if you get the P, that's if you get there before you forget where you at. I mean, right. I forget where I'm at. I'm not singing the song while I'm done. So, and that's like, the only way I know That's that. the only way that you know, like, where you are in the alphabet. The no, truth. I'm with you yeah, on that. Yeah. I'm not, this is not, you want it unscripted. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. Shit, I don't know where I am in the alphabet unless I sing the song. Like exactly. I can't say it like a normal person. Like, yeah, I can't. I can't do it without it. Exactly with the L M N O P. That that word. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Can I, can I ask a question? What the fuck is the alphabet thing? <laughs> so the alphabet thing is when they say, "All right, you're supposed to go down and lick the entire alphabet, capital or lowercase." I don't know. <laughs> gotcha. I'm thinking they cursive. Mean lowercase it's cursive. In cursive. It's cursive. Right. cursive because that's the only thing that makes sense. I tried the alphabet thing, it doesn't work. It does. Ah. So that got was the Z, got the ZZ top. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. Doesn't work at all. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the G seems difficult. G <laughs> do a lowercase G. Definitely do a lowercase. And you're at that point you're spending more time trying to figure out how to make a G with your tongue than you're actually spending time enjoying anything of it anyway. It's right, like exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like, okay. wait, did I hit that X right? Maybe I should go back. Maybe and I should go back. Else. Maybe yeah. do it backwards or something. No. Yeah. Yeah. Nevertheless, no. the point that I was trying to make is the alphabet is the alphabet thing is it's trash. It's garbage. For me advice. it was. For me it was. I won't I won't what was it? Yuck, Yuck someone else's yum. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whatever that is. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think anyone yummed it, so it's okay. Cool. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know. I, I didn't want to yuck anybody else's. Right? No, it, it's a consensus so. that apparently that is garbage advice. All right. Cool. Which, I mean, I also wonder how you would work that in. Like, you could ask someone, like, so, do you have a favorite letter of the alphabet? Right. <laughs> 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 like, just be real cool about it. Like, really uh, gravitate around W. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't work that way. I only like the vowels. Please leave out all the consonants. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, what about what about you, Eric? Like any terrible or great advice that you got, He's where you're like, <laughs> my so my my actual best advice I ever received was not words; it was a book. Mm-hmm. So my I have a friend that um, was studying sex in college, and uh, you know, as through social work and all that, and uh, he gave me this book called The Ethical Slut, mm. and I've 
passed that probably to at least three dozen people mm -hmm. since uh, I've read it. But it's, it was a great, I, and I still recommend it, it's a great way to find the vocabulary around sex, fi find out how to, whether you're single or you're in a relationship, mm -hmm. how you navigate different types of relationships with different people and, you know, how you talk about things in a way that is comfortable. Because ultimately it's, for me, sex is communication, right? It's a form of physical communication and verbal communication. So reading about these things that you kind of are raised to not talk about. And right. this book is really, and it's actually a book that's used in colleges. It's like a teaching tool, but it's, it's great. It's a really easy read and it's good reference material. And I, I've, it's changed how I view relationships and sex. So. So reading essentially like, yeah. Oh, yep. God, Eric, yeah. With the reading. It's a good book. Don't judge me until you tried it. <laughs> Don't yuck someone else's yum. That's true. Oh, I know. I know. That was my own rule and I broke it already, but mm -hmm. it's books. Like, <laughs> um, what about you, Joe? <clears throat> you know, I, I really didn't have much. Um, my father wasn't much, uh, wasn't really around too much growing mm -hmm. up. So, um, he was there, but he wasn't in that sense, if that makes any sense. So, um, you know, I really didn't have uh, anyone to give me advice. I, oh, oh, embarrassingly enough, and I, I kind of come to realize this now, when I was growing up, um, when I was young, the movie uh, Boomerang had came out with Eddie Murphy. And I don't know if any, any of you have seen this movie, but uh, I he was like this bachelor who just got women all the time. And uh, he had like this awesome apartment in the city, and he was all into the clothes and it was really sick, like the, the way he de like decorated his apartment. It is really cool style. And I was just like, that's what I want to do when I grow up. I want to be like this guy who just has all these pickup lines and mm -hmm. smooth and can pick up girls. And that was kind of like my influence for a long time. It's between it, that and I got married really early. So I got mm -hmm. married when I was 19 and by 22, I was the worst. Sheesh. So yeah, go tell me about it. That's a, that's a whole nother podcast, right? So yeah. So she, but she, she was much more experienced than I was. Mm -hmm. So if I got anything out of that relationship, that was any of any use outside of my, 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 my oldest daughter, uh, was, was that, uh, she taught me, she taught me quite a few things. Right. Um, now mind you, had I known all that about her at the time, I probably wouldn't have married her, but, right. You're amongst my, friends. This is a safe space. No, she just had a lot more, she had a lot more, she had a lot more partners and, and, uh, she, she, than I ever had at the time. And, uh, she was, uh, she was, uh, she just showed me a lot of different things that like, you know, she would tell me what to do and I'd be like, okay, you know, <laughs> you know like I'm not with some kid, what did I know? And wow. she, I mean, she schooled me, man. So if anything, she prepared me for the, I mean, I got remarried three years ago. So mm -hmm. from, from, for the next 15 years, I mean, she made me a pro, like I was the man, you know? <laughs> and, and I, I mean, I, I didn't, you know, I mean, I never realized how much she showed me until I would be done with her, like a with somebody, you know, having sex, and they would just be like, Jesus Christ. And I'd be like, that's all stuff I learned from, from the ex. So, hey, you know, I mean, oh my God. So, I, so I got something out of it, you know. I mean, I learned something, obviously. Yeah. You know, don't get married at 19 if you do marry someone like that, because you would definitely have a I, good idea. Of what, I, mean, I guess, right? I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm not married. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't necessarily know if I'm a fan of it. So at 19, oh my God. It's good advice, and really it should be given to all incoming Marines. Th that yeah. advice of, of not getting married at 19? Don't get married at 19, which a lot of them do. And if you are, marry a pro. Oh. Yeah, marry a pro. Yeah. I marry a pro. 
and I mean, I you know, like finding out the things I found out after we were divorced, it all made sense to me. But um, you know, when you're young, you don't know any different. And uh, this story so. is deep, man. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> this here, that is insane. It's just to a yeah, book well, that I want to read. I, I planned it this way. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. Sorry, grab another drink. I'm sorry, man. I mean, uh, you know. <laughs> so you know what? That that actually takes me to like another question. The the fact that you know you you were married and like you you learned all of these things from your wife. Like, was was the reason that you got married like primarily around because you wanted to have sex? Like, or mm. was this like a like a religious kind of thing? Because what I ultimately want to understand is sort of like how religion p- plays into um, all of your any any sort of decisions that you make around sex, if well, at all. Sure, that's going to be a short roundtable for me because I I grew up Catholic, but I'm certainly not a practicing Catholic, nor have I really ever been, um, you know, a practicing Catholic or such. So that's a tough one. For me, at least, not to offend any Catholics on the board or whatever religion you may be, but I just doesn't doesn't play a part. Doesn't play a part. Though I have prayed to God a couple of times after sex, like as in I hope she ain't had nothing because you know, I hope I don't get any diseases. Oh my God! Holy donut shop. I think you need your own podcast, Joe. You just need to run like you just. just... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, it's cool. We're all engrossed. I'm I'm Puerto Rican. I'm Puerto Rican. I talk about. I can't help it. Yeah, yeah. This is real right here. I mean, I was I was raised uh, Christian. I was Mm -hmm. very Christian, if that's a a thing. It's not that we were Congregationalists, so it's not one of the known uh, mega Christians. Mm -hmm. But it's I was raised staunchly Christian and. um, I think that affected a lot of my decisions earlier in life, mm-hmm. when I was uh, a teenager in early 20s, okay. um, where I did not want to have sex with someone unless I was really in love with them. Right. I am now an agnostic-leaning atheist, so uh, it really, at this point, has just no impact. Mm-hmm. Uh, my morality is not shaped by religion at all. So. Right. That's fair. Yeah. I can honestly say that I'm, um, I'm, I'm a Christian. I was raised one, mm-hmm. and I had this way. Yep. Better? There you go. There you go. Perfect. I was leaning. You were. You were. You were feeling. It's it. fine. Um, <laughs> nah. Um, it had n- absolutely no effect on uh, mm-hmm. my sexual experience whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Didn't think about it. Didn't care about it. Now I wouldn't date somebody outside my relation or my religion. Okay. When I was younger, but um, that had nothing to do with sex. No, absolutely mm-hmm. nothing. That's interesting that you wouldn't date someone outside of your religion, but right because that wouldn't I, that would require in my mind because mm-hmm. if we dating then I'm probably going to bring you home right? right and to some extent I don't want to bring home somebody that's outside of the religion when okay. I was younger okay nowadays I do whatever the fuck I want but right <laughs> these but back then it was all about confirmation like you know. Oh well, you know how, how you be looked at, things right. like that. So, right. you know, okay. I think that comes with the territory with religion itself, because that shit's rough. Nobody wants to mix, right? And the, that's I, it's stupid to me, but at the same time, oh, we're not supposed to do that. No, 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 no. It, religion is wholly different. It's a wholly different category. Yeah, because people feel um, strong. That's the strong. They feel topic, yeah. So you never want to. Um, I don't want to offend anybody, so. You know, yeah, no. I yeah, I think I think it's one of those things that it is preferential where yeah. 
either you're brought up to to be staunchly against sort of not dating someone inside of your same religious um, beliefs, or your family's completely agnostic to it, and they're just like whatever. Like, I think sometimes it's it's a cat like there's a weird category in between where folks are taught like as long as they believe in something or someone, yeah, and it's like exactly. I believe in the almighty dollar. Is no. that good enough? Like, right. like yeah. it's, it's just sort of like being cheeky about that. But it was like a list. Like when you when you growing up, um, when you growing up black, like it's like. You got a list. Is she Christian? Is she black? Is yeah. she tall? Is she short? Is she does she have a job? Does she got kids? Like it's, right. it's like this whole you know, you you start losing um, sight of what you should be looking for, mm-hmm. which is a mate, right? right? Somebody you can get with, somebody right. that you like, somebody that you can live with. Right. So I don't know. That's how I feel about it. Yeah. No, that's fair. <clears throat> um, Eric, do you have any any thoughts around sort of how? or if at all uh, religion sort of played into your decisions around sex? I mean, it played a huge decision. I mean, I was only into guys when I was much younger. Mm-hmm. And so I, you, you, I was raised Roman Catholic, although my parents were liberal. I grew up watching Will and Grace with my mom. Mm-hmm. And we had, we had gay people surrounding us, you know, in certain capacities. But yeah, you kind of struggle with this whole thing. And for me, I grew up really devoutly Roman Catholic and mm-hmm. I was active in the church through, through high school and, you know, wanted to wait to have sex until I got married, but then also gay marriage wasn't legal. So it's like you kind of, and you also like are in places where some aspects of the church, you know, we had a Pope that was cool with it. Then that Pope died and the next Pope wasn't cool with it, but then mm-hmm. he backed out and then we have another Pope that seems to be cool with it. So it's very, you know, you're kind of waiting, but I think it definitely shaped I think for many people, it shapes the shame and the, the 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 hunger, and also you know like your your self esteem and having sex. I think right. the most, as long as you feel guilty about something, you aren't going to acknowledge it in the way that you should be. You know, right. if you, and I think that affects everything that you're willing to do. So yeah, it played a huge impact, and eventually it That's ended crazy. up. That's true. You know, yeah. I just I full I full on left the church for many years, and I formally abdicated because I was really upset with, you know, how they were treating people like me, and mm-hmm. you know, I found my way back in my own way. You mm-hmm. know, but I did that for me more than for anybody else. You know, right? But it definitely has a huge impact on your on your life because people still you have to I think you know this too but people still use the bible to say that people like me should be killed like actively like this happens right like this is in 2015 you've got republican and hopefully that want to be the next president and they're telling people that we should put in camps like this is like now you know and and so and granted i live in brooklyn and it's hip it's hipster and it's all this bullshit and all it's you know it's fine and good but you still even now you still get people that are like you know it's still weird it's still and it will always probably be weird you know so you got to just kind of do whatever you need to do with your life to look at yourself in the mirror and just like let the rest of it sit where it's going to sit, you know, which is also why I'm honest too, because I walk into a room and I don't tell everyone my life story, but if you're Mm -hmm. in my life, you know that I'm queer, you know that I'm HIV positive, you Mm -hmm. know that I'm do X, Y, and Z and not be, you don't know all my business. I'm not telling you the people I'm sleeping with, but you know that this is who I am because then you need to decide if you're going to be a part of my life or not. And then if you are, let's hang out, let's do what we need to do. But I'm not going to like, I would rather be really honest in the beginning from the jump because then I don't have to deal with you being like, oh, I'm not cool with this later on down the road because that's how people get. So I think it just – you kind of like unabashedly, I'm like, Here, here's what, who I am. This is what I'm doing and like mm-hmm. this is what it is, you know, and it's 
but that came from years of being told that you couldn't even acknowledge in yourself this part of you that's like so natively part of who you are right. and someone else is like oh this isn't this isn't you and you're like what do you mean I've had these feelings since I was in kindergarten how does how does how did my how did someone teach me how to do this when I was five right, you know like right. that's it doesn't make any sense so yeah no I'm I'm totally with you I mean I'm oftentimes very uncomfortable with religious texts being the basis of, of why other people shouldn't be allowed to, to do something else. Because my number one question to that is always, well, whose God are we talking about? Um, because in there's, there's no one religion, thereby meaning there's no one way to look at whatever entity or non-entity or whomever is what I like to call the ubiquitously omniscient being of the universe because that covers everything. Um, and I'm a little bit of a uh, snob. Unless you don't think that thing exists. Right. Unless, unless you, in that, but in even that kind of goes to a whole other thing. Even if you I don't think that res- it doesn't exist. Yep. I still respect that as a construct, though. So I live in a, I live in Crown Heights, which I don't know if, how many people know about this, but it's, you know, Hasidically, it's really, it's Hasidic, it's deeply Jewish, it's really conservative. It's also Crown Heights and Brooklyn has the largest, the, the largest number of churches per capita in the country. Yeah. So I'm surrounded by religion, many different kinds of religion mm-hmm. expressed by many different cultures. You have Haitians, you have Jews, you have um, Sephardic Jews, you have Ashkenazi Jews, you have all these people that, and I, so I'm not walking down, you know, the street in front of a church or a synagogue and making out with my boyfriend right. in front of a church because that's just not respectful to anybody. Does that mean that my lifestyle is being infringed upon? No. But if someone's going out of Sunday services, no one should be having sex in front of a church like because it's just not reasonable, right. you know. So I, I think it's like coexisting. But as long as you don't tell me how to live my life, we're square. You don't have right. to agree with it. You're not in my bedroom. So, right. and I'll, and I'll, and I'll keep myself respectable in public places. Cause I think that that's nice the thing to do. Right. You know, I just, I don't know. No, weird. I mean, I think that's, that's fair on all accounts. I think everyone should do that. Like, you know, just, you know, keep your private private. Like, I, I think we could all agree on that. Like keep your shit to yourself. That's, that's fair. And just, and just be sort of re- respectful of each other and, 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 tolerant like tolerance is is it can be dangerous but also like it's it's necessary sometimes like just you know accept people that they're gonna do whatever they're gonna do and honestly if it it has no direct effect on you like you should not give a fuck like that's right that's how often yeah that's true although i i think i would push back a little bit on keeping Mm -hmm. your private private yep and i i think that that's a common line that's been used i I was in the air force and, Mm -hmm. and one of the big uh pushbacks that a lot of the people i worked with would say against repealing don't ask don't tell was right. hey i don't tell you about my sex life why do you tell me about yours and that's right. just not what it's about at all that's well that's that's very important that but that's also the separation of my identity as being queer is not necessarily correlated to a sex act right, right. of course so not. Like, that's like the important distinction that i think a lot of people just loop uh people that are not straight into like their sexual practice and that becomes the foundation of their identity which is not mm. the case you know right so. but you know we there are a lot of events where uh heterosexual couples in the military are, are able to express their love for each other mm-hmm. uh, right. pinning on ceremonies going to dining and dining outs and and homosexual couples couldn't do that mm-hmm. or or bisexual couples couldn't do that uh and i, I think it's not about the 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 private line there's a mm-hmm. whole lot of things where we introduce our private lives to the public all the time right, right. Um, and, and as a heterosexual male it's not a problem for me to do that and it shouldn't be a problem for anyone else either right um so i, I think you know it 
that argument can be used to ex to push people into corners. Fair enough. Yeah. No, that that is fair. You know, and again, like I recognize my privilege as a straight woman to to sometimes not have to think about it at all. Like just and, and to your point, like I appreciate you bringing it up and saying that statement can be ostracizing for some. You know, that's that's yeah. fair. Yeah. Um. So as far as like when when you guys think of like your sexual relationships, like are there specific things that you definitely expect to get out of them? And I and I'm asking this like outside of just like physical release, like are, are there are there specific things that that you want to um, get from them? And Joe, like earlier, you already said like there's an intimate there's an intimate side to it that men crave that I don't know if we hear about that often. I don't I don't know if that's well, brought up. Not a not um. See, well, a lot of men. It, it may not be the same for all men. Mm -hmm. um, you know, for for me, I think early on in my sexual. Um, when I got more sexually sophisticated, or, or maybe when I just started living life more, um, especially uh, after um, after my my initial divorce, um, you, I, you know, I, I I tended to tie sex into um, maybe thinking that uh, if you weren't having sex, you didn't have a good relationship, okay. or if it wasn't happening as often, right? So, and it could be just because of the way things went down with my first wife, but personally. Like, you know, I, it always made me feel like something might be wrong if we weren't having sex every day, mm -hmm. right? So, so getting having sex was almost, in a sense, um, just as you know, important. Not just for the, I mean, physically, it's great, it's fine, it's exactly, you know, it's it's, it's awesome, right? <laughs> but at the same time, you also want to, you know, for me at least early on, I I I think I tended to maybe tie it to, maybe put it too up too high up on a pedestal as the importance of it as related to relationships. Okay. And, and um and uh, so and maybe even still sometimes, you know I think that's just something based on my life, how I lived, um at, you know the intimacy part of it was just as important because. For me, it was like she's also being intimate. Like it's a great gift for a female to lay up with me. Right. <laughs> right? Like you know, in the in the and not just I'm not talking about like the end of the night drunk. I'm talking about the the non. Driven by driven by uh you know alcohol or drugs or anything else so right. um that, that's a very intimate experience and um you know it, it's 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 satisfying at a emotional level mm -hmm. that, that that to get it and to have it um you know and to be sexual with somebody so so i, I guess that's my that's what i kind of meant by that tying it into what, what it means emotionally for a man um for some men at least mm -hmm. uh you know there, i'm sure there are men out there who who've never had a problem with that and maybe they don't think of it that way but for me personally but intimacy was is you know is important aspect of it, you know. Okay. I think that's so interesting too because I've noticed at least through my experience in the city that men specifically are really comfortable with having sex right off the right, right from the get go. Mm -hmm. But then as they get into relationships that are emotionally intimate, suddenly mm -hmm. they're a lot more self conscious in bed. Because like having the emotional attachment to someone while you're connecting physically, mm -hmm. that sense of vulnerability is like something that is not so often experienced, at least here, you mm -hmm. know, which I find very interesting. Like I, I was with somebody for a long time that we like we couldn't have sex because we we like met in the beginning and we had a couple of dates. And we were having mm -hmm. we had a really good sex life. And then ultimately it just became so like he was felt so vulnerable in bed because he cared so much about me right. that he couldn't actually perform because he was just like 
freaked out about how much he cared about me. And then like this whole feeling of performance anxiety. And, you know, I think it's, it's just a really interesting thing that I'll, I don't know, at least from my experience, I've seen it's just sex is easier when it's just physical bodies and there's no right. real long-term emotional attachment. So is that, so is that what you expect or do you also expect sort of a, a more attachment from, from like sexual relationships? I mean, I, I have really simple expectations. I just mm-hmm. expect that people can, can identify what they want and need and can communicate that. And mm-hmm. in failing of maybe if they don't know what they want, they can at least express that. And then we can figure that out because I, you know, I have friends that I have sex with. That's just a friendship, you right. know, and I have relationships that are romantic that don't have a physical arm, you right. know, and it's, it's not nearly as confusing as I'm sure it sounds me mm-hmm. talking about this, but it's, you know, it's, I think it's people that know what they want, know what they need and are willing and able to say, Hey, this is what I'm sort of in the mood for. This is what I sort of need at this moment, or right. this is what I don't really want. Cause I think, especially with being a guy, I mean, I don't, I mean, like, let's talk about rape culture and the fact that like men sometimes myself included, like need to do a good job of making sure that even if someone isn't saying that they're not interested in something that you're really aware of it. And there are times when there are times when I've been, you know, sleeping with someone where I'm like, Hey, you don't look like you're having fun right now. Mm -hmm. They're like, Oh yeah, I'm not having fun. I'm like, well, let's just stop then. You know? So I think it's this whole thing where like you hopefully have sex with people that know what they want and feel like they're comfortable enough to talk to you and, you know, you kind of do what you you feel like you want to do at that moment, you know? I just want to let everyone know this is why me and Eric go out. That's that's why me and Eric go out. (laughs) Um, What what about, what about you, Dave? Like how, because you're, you're married, like Joe is married too, but because you're married, like does that change sort of the expectations for, for your sexual relationship? Or is it just sort of like, no, like you guys lay ground rules and just go forward and follow those forever. Yeah, I don't think it changes the expectations that much because, you know, I've, I've never really had casual sex with people. Okay. Uh, which it's it's not a judgy thing. If if you do, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. And so when I've had sex with someone, there's already there's always been a pre-existing intimacy mm-hmm. and a level of communication. Mm-hmm. And so all I expect is that that will follow its way into the bedroom. Okay. Um, and uh, kind of similar to what we were just talking about, if if there's something that... Uh, you should be able to have a, a good idea whether if, if they're enjoying what you're doing uh, mm-hmm. or if you're not enjoying something, you just say, this is not, this is not my cup of tea. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably don't say cup of tea in the middle of coitus because that's not going to be... I don't know. I think you should <laughs> just bust it out and just say that. <laughs> yeah, there's, a whole, there's a probably a, a large list of things you shouldn't say, cup of tea being one of them. Um, but really, just, just communication mm-hmm. is really important. Um, being, able to, being able to articulate what you want is important, but sometimes that can be difficult. But being able to communicate with your body whether something's good or, 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 or not is important. Right. Okay. But do you, can, I, can I ask a question to, to the guys that are in relationships? Do you spend time, when you're not with your partner, thinking about the kind of sex that you want to be having and or, you know, like thinking about maybe this isn't something that we've explored that I want to explore. Maybe this is a need that isn't being met. Like, do you have moments of introspection where you're thinking about your own needs and desires inside of your sexual relationship without your partner being around? Yes, absolutely. And about the partner. 
can you ex- can you like I won't explain. No, I don't mean, mean, oh, what you mean <laughs> I don't mean like expressly tell me exactly what it because that would be weird because yeah. your girlfriend is my cousin. Yeah. That's weird. No, That's no, no, but but what I mean is just sort of essentially what you're saying is like you take into consideration both the things that you want but also as far as your partner like sure. how yeah. like I, I thought he meant I thought the way he said it I thought he meant like do you think about things that you want to try or things that you want to do, things that you haven't done that you maybe wanted to get done and, you know, bucket list, whatever? That's how I read the question. Well, I think I think it's not even like a bucket list thing. I just I find it maybe I'm not expressing the question well. I just I, I wonder if people actually spend the time thinking about themselves inside of sex and what that means and what they and how they're feeling about things when they're not actually in the moment. Do you, you know what I mean? <clears throat> Do you mind if I kind of jump in and maybe see about rephrasing the question? You can tell me if it's getting at what you're trying to ask. Sure. Because um, I think as um, as a single person, if you're having an active sex life, you're kind of always forced to confront and think about and think through what you want. And, you know, oh, hey, like, well, did I like that last time? Do I want to try that with this new person? Do I want to find someone um, different and see what's going to work with them. And it sounds like kind of what you're asking is, exactly, um, does exactly. that process continue even when you're in a committed relationship, you know, over the course of years with the same partner? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'll say it absolutely does. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a, a committed relationship involves a lot of elements, sex being one of them, but mm-hmm. there are many other things that go into a relationship. And, um, you know, in an ideal world, you're, your sexual preferences align perfectly with your partner's. Mm -hmm. I don't know how often that happens. Um, And people's sexual preferences change over time, too. So what might have once been a perfect alignment is now a little bit off. So you think about those things, and uh, I I know I certainly do. Um, And if it's a a strong enough uh, thought process or something I really want to do, I I just bring it up directly and say, I'd like to try this. How do you feel about this? Mm-hmm. And if uh, she says, yeah, I want to, then we try it out. And, you know, it's funny. Sometimes there's something I think I really want to do, and we try it out, and it is no fun at all. <laughs> that's, that's true. Too. <laughs> and there are some things where I'm like, I never thought I would like this, but this is this is fun as hell. Right. So, you know, it's still, there's still stuff to learn. Cool. And is that stuff that you, do you find yourself talking about those things when you're already in the act or you're in the warm up, or is it, you know, driving to work or driving to the grocery store on a Saturday and you're like, hey, let's talk about this thing, you know? See, for me, it could be either or. So, how do you feel? Well, in terms of bringing it up, I usually bring it up directly before or during. Um, there have been a few times where we've had discussion just totally outside of, you know, we're walking around at the store mm-hmm. and I'll bring it up. But the problem there is she doesn't want to talk about the store. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, that's weird, but it happens. It does, that doesn't stop from happening. So, I mean, I'm thinking about it. Eighty percent of the time, probably. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I think I, I, I think it's much of that. Happened. I mean, because I've been, I'm, I'm, I don't know how long you said ten years now you're married. Yeah. Right. So I've I've been married now for three. So, yeah, but but it's weird because I feel like uh, my wife. Um, I I feel like my wife. It's so much tougher for us, like with with the kids, to really not like focus on us that way like we we when we do finally have a moment to get it in it's you it's like usually like we have a small window between between the time we know that the baby's gonna wake up again at some point in the middle of the night or simon may come into the room at any point it's it's, it's, it's a constant like mission <laughs> like we're, we're both hunting for that moment to be able to just to freely be able to get it in and when we do get that moment 
it fifty percent of the time we pass out. Right, it's like sleep or sex. Right, it's like so we're so tired and we and we never have a moment. So it's 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 tougher now than ever before. I mean, I'm I'm almost jealous listening to you saying that you guys have a conversation about it because I'm like shit. I'm gonna try the conversation. Like I'm gonna try it out. I'm probably not gonna get too far. But I'm gonna try. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Hey, honey, let's talk about. I've been. I've been thinking about this whole whip thing. Let's try this out and see what happens. I may get punched in my face, but I'm gonna go for it. Yeah. Yeah, without kids, you get to be a lot more self-centered. Truthfully. Yeah, yeah, and it's tough. It's. It, it really is. It's a whole nother because I'm very, very sexual, and I'd, I'd like to think she is too. But I just don't remember that because we've had kids now, and it's it's totally different game than it was. Uh, you know, before then. So, um, yeah, good for you. I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I want to ask you guys, because you've, you've been hinting around it, like within some of your, your other answers, but I, I wanted to get more of a pointed answer to this. And I, I have an interpretation of it as a woman, but I don't really know where my interpretation lies as far as truth is concerned. But um, I want to understand how much does sex play into your idea of masculinity and like manhood and, and like being a dude? Well, sex for a man is, is a, well, reproduction, right? Is a masculine or it well, it's both, but for a man, you know, you think about it, the uh, males and any species tends to be a dominant species, right? Not, not, you know, I'm not talking like, you know, in any way, like in the anti-feminine, like you know, mm-hmm. so don't look at me like, oh, you, 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 you pig, you. But I just mean like it, it's a word. <laughs> men, men, men tend to be, or you know, the, the male tends to be a dominant thing, and sex and the, the, the reproduction, I would think, you know, is is a very masculine thing in itself, or, or sex is. Right. So, um, you know, the I've heard the excuse, you know, or I've heard I've heard people say, oh yeah, with the man thing, and put your, your own manhood. But, you know, I think a lot of that plays into your childhood mm-hmm. and how you were raised, you know, and what kind of father you had or what kind of father you didn't have and, and how important you tie sex into your masculinity. Um, you know, you, you, I mean, you grew up with me in school. You know my cousins. You know my cousin Danny, mm-hmm. Benji. You know, we, we, you know, we're all a bunch of Puerto Ricans that, used to, that went out for years and, and tried to get into trouble. Right. And, you know, it, it seemed like every time we went out with a group of guys, the whole point of going out was in a sense, if we were going to have sex at some right. point that night, right? So, it, 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 not to say it's a man thing, because that's exactly what, what I, I don't want to almost make it seem, but I don't know. I mean, it's, I, I don't know, you know the tie back to your masculinity and saying, mm-hmm. well, you know, if you were to go out with your boys and with no intention of getting action. What y'all going out for? Like, right. like, what you going? Right, what are you going on? Like, like, this, like, 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 why are you putting on cologne? Why are you? Yeah, stay in house, play Xbox. Right, why? Like, yeah, like, like it's one thing to go out and play cards with your boys. It's one thing to go, like, even, like, even the art of drinking whiskey and 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 having cigars. If you go to that, if you guys go to that for the, for you for those who live in Philly, you know, I, I'm a I'm a regular at the Ashton Cigar Bar. It's like one of my favorite places in the world, right? So I'm there, like. And it's there's more women there than men now. Like like sometimes, like it's so even that like in that sense you're you're going out with your boys to have cigars at the at the Ashton, but you know you're gonna see a bunch of girls. Right. So, I mean it's it's almost like like he said just stay home then, right? Like, almost. Like I don't know. Yeah, I don't know too many guys that go out to say yeah we're just gonna go out 
we're going to Vegas just to see a couple of shows and then we're coming back. Like, no, like it's just, it's just not what it is about. So that's yeah. interesting. Go ahead, Will. I agree. That's <laughs> all, that's all <laughs> so, so for the two of you so far, like it sounds like, but okay. It's so my question at the beach is what I'm saying. Right. That's all I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> but not to say, but not to say, but that's, that's, that's just, that's just me and him. And that could be, and I don't know, Will, right? I don't know, I don't know where you're from, or like how you were raised. You know, I'm originally Terrible. from the Bronx. No, I was raised in the Bronx. My father was like, like, like a semi-pimp of his, of the hood in the Bronx. You know? Oh, wow. And like, not a pimp, like per se, but like, he was just a guy. You know, like he was this good looking dude. All the women in, knew my dad. He was a good salsa dancer. He was a good dresser. Mm-hmm. You know, he was just a, you know, dark-skinned Puerto Rican, and the women loved him. All women loved him. And to this day, I go out with my dad, and he's been mar- me and my mom have been married now for 40 years. He goes out, and then he's just so, he's got this natural pimpness to him. And, like, women, he just starts talking to women. He's got this charm, and they just laugh at him. And, like, we get a 21-year-old, and he'll just elbow me and be like, see, she wants me. And I'm like, get out of here. You're, like, you're 55 years old. Stop acting like a child. But... But that's how I grew up, and that's my dad. So because of that, I think maybe I tied more, I tied more into like sex and masculinity mm-hmm. than maybe, maybe the next guy. Because you know, I'm I'm pretty sure not every guy. I'm sure there are guys out there that are getting dressed to go out with their boys, and they're not thinking about sex. Maybe I I don't know. Um, see, I but, was the exact opposite, and I can um, tell you that I think the exact same way. <laughs> right. Well, there so, you go. There you go. Yeah. It, so it, maybe I yeah. think I don't. It may not be a correlation there. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, for story. instance, for me, like. I'm not going to give the whole backstory thing. I'll just say that, you know, end of the day, um, I treated women with respect. I just wanted to get laid. A lot right. of, you know, you, you as a kid, you wanted to get laid. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. So when you got laid, you wanted to get laid more. Okay. At some are point, you, are, you got are, into are, relationships, right? right? So I don't know. Are you, look, are, you looking at your, are you looking at your girlfriend while you're answering these questions? Are you no. Like making eye contact? I am not. Right. I'm just curious because yeah. I don't know how they... <laughs> I, was, I am now. Thank you for the uh, <laughs> moment of clarity. Keep, keep, keep I was in a room alone sure at one point. Do you have all the sharp objects? You put them away, right? There's nothing sharp. In the <laughs> There's nothing sharp in the room, but there are some blunt objects that could be thrown. <laughs> so, you know. It could be good for ratings, though. There's some kind of physical assault. During the <laughs> this would be amazing. Good. Like I would awesome send it to ratings. ABC. Like someone got assaulted on my podcast, and it I was would great. It. I would. Yeah. I would. I would sign a clearance. <laughs> Like, to prove to everybody that he's that physically abused. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, um, yeah, um, it's, it's cool. We oh, talk. What about, what about you, Eric? Like, is, is there, like, a direct correlation between, like, sex and, like, how that plays into your, your idea of masculinity or, or no? Yeah, I mean, I think that masculinity as a term is, mm-hmm. a real, is really problematic in the, the LGBT community. I mean, I think it's... Shockingly so. I mean, we you. It's not uncommon for you to hear the terms like mask for mask, meaning that like unless someone's not interested into you, or I, you know, I only want to date a dude who acts like a dude, right? And it's like these kinds of uh, labels are not really. I think they 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 box people in because mm-hmm. like what does masculinity mean? Like you're not allowed to cry during a movie. Like you're not like you got to be mm-hmm. the one that fixed the toilet. Like what does that actually mean? There's you have to play sports. Right. Like, what does that, but for me, that's just being a nice person. Right. And I think like the way that you guys have worded masculinity is actually really refreshing because from where, from in the LGBT community, you just basically were like, I'm going to be, you know, a kind, gracious 
guy, right? And it's not, but for from my experience, it's like, it's usually, I got to be the macho dude, bro dude, you mm-hmm. know, with the backwards cap. And I think it's really limiting. I, I don't like relationships. And there are guys that try to date me because they're, they think that I'm masculine, which for me, I don't even want, if you're interested in that, I don't want to feel like I can't be me. Cause I'm going to think, Oh, well, right. it, it colors my behavior. And I don't want either, either label really to color my behavior. Cause ideally you're a bit of both. Mm-hmm. And that's the, there's a certain freedom in, in, in my life and being queer that like, I don't have to subscribe to any of that heteronormative bullshit. Right. Mm-hmm. Like part of my mouth, you know, I just, you know, I don't, I don't need to be limited by certain attributes. I can sort of play, play things as they, they unfold. But yeah, I mean, I think it's, there's a, there's also, a, you know, people that don't like guys if they're feminine, mm-hmm. you know, like we don't like femme guys, like people don't like, people don't sleep with femme guys or if you're slightly feminine or if you're, really feminine that you you can't top right you're only you're only the guy that's getting fucked and like mm-hmm. all of those things don't are not really healthy and i don't really think that they serve much of a purpose you right. know uh, if you want to be chivalrous then great but you can be feminine and chivalrous you can open the door right, right. if you want to do that you know i think i think it's kind of a mess i, I for me i i like to play both and i don't want to feel like i can't be either you know depending on my needs and my partner's needs and mm-hmm. how i'm feeling in the moment you know Cool. Dave, you got any? Yeah. Um, I think there's a intellectual, emotional divide there. Mm-hmm. So on the intellectual side, I, I think that being a good lover is important. Mm-hmm. You need to be able to please your partner. Um, but it's certainly not what defines masculinity. Mm-hmm. And being adored by women is not what defines masculinity. Uh, for me, and, and I really like what Eric mm-hmm. just said about, about, you know, it's just not a good term. Uh, but it's it's an individual term. So as right. long as you're defining it individually, then then it's fine. Uh, and for me, it's about being able to uh, provide, being able to fix situations, being able to get the job done. Um, and most of that doesn't revolve around sex. Right. Uh, it's just a small part. Um, but at the same time, you know, I certainly like the feeling of being able uh, of feeling attractive, of feeling that I've done a good job in bed. Mm-hmm. And um, for all of my intellectual proclamations, uh, pleasing women in bed and, and feeling successful there uh, more or less trumps all of it at the end of the day. Right. So Agreed. you can, you know, you can be doing all the right things according to your intellectual masculinity checklist, but if you're not having sex and and pleasing your partner, then there's something missing, and it's 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 bigger than what it should be according to your according to your list. Right. Uh, and if you're doing that one thing well, a lot of the other things kind of fade into the background. So, man, you are the gospel is being <laughs> preached to. <laughs> you're not, you're not, you know, not, and not all women, not all women like sex. You know, sometimes you find yourself with somebody who's just not into it. So, you're 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 concentrating so hard on making sure that you please that person mm-hmm. and and that because that's part of you know, like you said. I mean, of course. There's other aspects of being a man outside of sex. And mm-hmm. So, you know, like you said, uh, you know, the ultimate provider or being able to provide for your family, which is, to me, the ultimate sign of manhood. And I tell that to some of my cousins who are not as well off, mm-hmm. but um, so they struggle with trying to, um, you know, because of their money situations and always tell them, well, if you're a good parent and you raise your kids the best you can, then that's the biggest sign of a man, not like how much money, you, like not, not maybe that you're not bringing home a ton of money, but just be a good father, be a good husband or wife or, 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 you know, 
uh, partner. And right. then yeah, that's that. So that's just as important. But when it, as it relates to sex, uh, directly, um, you know, getting sex or having sex, right? But then ultimately, maybe that really what we're really trying to do is be able to please somebody, right? Right. Like that's you want to get to a position where at the end of the night you've made you've satisfied somebody, you know, so, and. and so let me then ask, like, so then that, that kind of splits this into a dichotomy then of, of whether or not, so my thought was that the end game for guys, regardless of what your orientation is to actually have sex, like, like make it there. But what you guys are saying is that it's more about ensuring that beyond, beyond just getting there, it's more about once you do get there, that the other person is happy because we're if the other person is not, <laughs> that's, that's what you're trying to say. Like, yeah, we're just trying to help y'all. You just you no, want just you want the other person to be happy. Like you want you want but the other person to yeah. to because in their happiness and in their satisfaction is where you sort of have that that badge of pride. Yeah. If you if you dig down, I mean, I'm and again, I'm not saying that's what it is. I'm saying that you could make a case for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I, you know, I think you would have to really dig deep into each of you know everyone's past and and, mm-hmm. and their own feelings and they'll have to be honest with themselves but because again a lot of people just want to feel like they they can do something right. or, or or get something right you know and it could be the way you were raised parent how your parents were well it could be a ton of different reasons that make you drive to get that person in bed and if you're just getting them in bed and rolling over a minute later um and or passing out from being too drunk then it's probably a mission failed right like so I don't know. I mean, it seems like it seems like almost like you know, you the goal is. It, I would hope no man would want to get a girl in bed and not satisfy them because right. I, I would hate. I mean, that, that's probably the worst feeling I would imagine. At least for me, it's always been like to think that you didn't do something right. Right. I'm, you know? I'm not done with it. Right? <laughs> like it's more right. work to be done. I, that's how yeah. I feel. Yeah. I feel I terrible. Mean, I, don't, I don't know. I gotta say, it's not the explicit goal for me. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't uh, go. That's not the point of either the relationship or mm-hmm. or my idea of masculinity. Mm-hmm. That being said, if it's not there, then there's a vacuum. Right. And um, I don't know, it's just a, a feeling of elation or victory when you do do it. Right. So, you know, I can say that it's not the most important thing, mm-hmm. and yet it But when it happens, you're like, hell yeah, life. high fives at top. It, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Or the latter. You oh. know what I mean? What do you mean? Because that can take away. If you're not, if you're not pleasing the mm-hmm. person, then, you know, that can, that can be a... Like it, it, a mor- not I don't want to say morale, but it, it's a hit toward you. Well, yeah, and it it definitely I can speak yeah. for the other person. Like definitely, like this is trash. Like I'm out. Right, if you, if yeah. you look at him, if, if you look at a man who's let's say if you, 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 if you you've been with someone who's had an affair, or or you know, and and you end up, I mean, uh, as a guy, you know, you may tend to think that you're trying to figure out the reasons why, right? So you're like, oh, well, why why did she do that? Was it because right? You know, did I did I did something change with me in the last couple of years, mm-hmm. or was I not was I not pleasing her? Right? right. So then you may then focus, you may focus like so. Then from that point on, like when you start redating people, your focus is to make sure you satisfy them because you don't right. want the same thing to happen. So again, it, it so much is based on every like what you've gone through in your mm-hmm. life up to this point to make you feel what you feel. You know, we all we're all driven by our past in a sense. Right. You know, I mean, what what emotional things have happened to you to make you do what you do now. So, I mean, it's, 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 it's what makes us who we are, but at the end of the day, it's sex and it's, you know, we, you can decorate it and, and you can kind of curve it all different ways based mm-hmm. on which way you're getting. But when you get there, 
when you get there, you're all, you want to make them happy regardless. Right. But I just think people value how important it is to satisfy your partner differently. You know, what it means, you know, you're just trying to make her happy, but deep, for some people, they're also trying to fulfill something internally to make sure that they're not going to leave an opening for her to go somewhere else because right. you're not doing a good job. You're not completing the job. You're not making, satisfying her needs, right. you know? Okay. And then the, the communication is important. Like uh, David said, if, if she's not a, if you're not, if you can't communicate with your partner and say, Hey, look, are you not happy with this? Do you not like it when I, you know, flip this around and, and, uh, you know, when we, when I thought you guess, so if right. you don't like that, just let me know, please, you know, don't do it just for me. Right. You know, let, you know, yeah. let me know and I'll make some adjustments, you know? Okay. So, so we're going to wrap up and I have two questions for you as we, as we get to the end. Um, I was just getting comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry. Um, so the first question that I want to ask is like thinking back in, if you had a time machine and you could go back and talk to your younger self, um, if you could give one piece of advice about sex or sexuality, like what would it be? The clitoris is right there. <laughs> <laughs> this is good advice. Like seriously, it's like right learn there. this. It's right there. <laughs> that's it. That's that's me. That's that's it. That that's good advice. No, you you should reach out to your brethren and and make sure that they all know this. Like, there's one episode of Orange Is the New Black that they all need to sit down and pay attention to. All right. <laughs> Not that hard. Y yeah, you say that as a woman. It seems to be very complicated. It seems to be a very, very hard concept to get. Just, it's right there, like Will said. Well, no, right what I'm there. saying is when I was a kid, I wasn't looking for it, right? right? It was all about penetration. It wasn't necessarily about pleasing the other person. When mm. you find out about pleasing the other person, then you find out about clearance. Mm. So what I'm saying in location, once you start looking for it, you found it. It's like right there. It's all in your face the whole time, the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> That's 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 the point. That I mean. Wait, I, it, it's not a very large area to operate. So it's not. So, <laughs> so, so if, if you're if you're there but you're not there, then where the hell are you? Because right. <laughs> that is another question to ask. Those two or three centimeters are a fucking desert. I'm telling you, you, you don't know. Like it's, it's Jesus Christ, it's Siberian. God damn, that's awesome. <laughs> Be another fucking continent. Uh, I got too comfortable. I'm done. I'd say I think don't invest so much of your energy mm -hmm. into it in the first place. Right. Uh, I mean, when I was in my early 20s, it was all about sex. And right. To the detriment of other things in my life that I probably should have been paying more attention to. Right. Um, you know, the sex is going to come. And. If there are periods where you're not having it, but you're doing your own thing, mm -hmm. that's not a problem. Right. It, doesn't, it doesn't speak ill of you. So, you know, just do you, do it well, and the sex will come. Okay. Uh, what about you, Eric? Yeah, I, I mean, I kind of agree with the second comment, not necessarily the first. <laughs> I find it clitoris, but yeah. That's, that's not your jam. You. We, we know. We yeah. Know. yeah. Mm -hmm. It's all good. I mean, it's sometimes my jam. It's been my yeah. jam. It's not usually my jam. Uh, I, that's you why know, me I and Eric go out. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's uh, don't be afraid to advocate for yourself because mm -hmm. I think when you're a single person that's navigating relationships and sex, you have to, you know, unfortunately, it's, you know, it's nice to hear about from other people to talk about how they care so much about their partners. But when you're out in the wild, you have, you have to be your own advocate. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think there's a certain maturity around every part of your life that is being your own advocate. But I think especially in relationships and sex, you know, 
not being afraid to really don't do the stuff you don't want to do. Don't feel like you have to do stuff to please people, Mm -hmm. you know, like those kinds of things and know that early on. And people are either going to accept you or they're not going to accept you. Choosing to have sex or not have sex is not usually part of that equation, even though when you're younger, I I think people think that that is, you know. Okay. Uh, What about you, Joe? You know, I I could go on and on with this one. I would just say, you know, don't, as much as I I would like to go back and talk to myself, I'd like to think that everything I did in the past shaped who I am now. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I have great lessons to teach my children. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, if you don't experience the stuff you experience, you have nothing to teach. Right. So, you know, I, I don't necessarily say it would change anything. You know, you, you know, you, you, you kind of live and learn and then you move on. And I would never tell my kids, I mean, you tell them don't do drugs, don't shoot anybody, don't drink and drive. Yeah, you know, basics. All, all, all the basics, right? The, but uh, after, outside of that, you know, be safe. I mean, that, that, mm-hmm. that'd probably be the most important thing that, you know, I used to value. I used to value sex probably more than even safety. As far as like, you know, the situations I'd get myself into and right. decisions I made. And I probably would, you know, I thank God, you know, I think I, I you know, for, and I, and I don't know that means much since I'm not a good Catholic, but, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I, in a sense, I, you know, I'm lucky, very fortunate to not have ever um, gotten myself uh, into any more trouble be- or have a bunch of little Puerto Ricans running around uh, <laughs> Jersey that I don't know about uh, because, you know, there have been a lot of times where I wasn't as safe as I should have been. Right. Um, so that's probably the only thing, but outside of that, you know, you have to kind of live it. So and that's I agree with that. I just didn't want to say it. Hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. Um, okay. So the last question that I'm going to ask you guys is the signature question of my podcast, which is, uh, what's the best advice that you have never taken? And it doesn't have to be about sex, just in general, like life advice. I should have read these questions. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, honestly, nothing comes to mind. I usually, yeah. yeah. I, you know, I, I would say that um, oh. um, this is not the right answer because I actually did take the advice. It just took me a long time to take the advice. And okay. this is not a sexual thing, but, um, you know, I think for a long time I was told that I, you know, um, I, you know, so I started a consulting firm three years ago and I quit my full-time job mm-hmm. um, to do this. And, um, and to become independent and, and it was uh, always a scary concept and I probably should have done it 10 years ago mm-hmm. or maybe 15 mm-hmm. years ago. I mean, and I never did it. I never took the chance. And then finally, uh, 2012, uh, I, I quit a very good career as a director at Virtua and opened up a firm and it's been, uh, the best uh, career wise. It's been the best, uh, uh, thing that's ever happened and I mm-hmm. got that I got that advice for a long time and I just kept saying I was just always scared mm-hmm. so so you know I, I finally did it and and I'm I'm glad that I did and it's been great awesome but uh, I, I probably could have been much better off now had I been doing it for 10 years as opposed to three so right uh, okay that's about it Dave actually it's probably pretty similar um although I, I can't say I've, I've followed it it comes and goes and, and that's you know, the follow your dreams, follow your heart. You're going to die someday. Right. Um, and for me, it's it's come and gone. I, I left a really good career in the Air Force mm-hmm. to go to law school. I thought that would be, uh, that was me following my dreams, but mm-hmm. I didn't really enjoy law school all that much. Um, and, you know, it's, I'd say I haven't followed it because fear gets in the way. Right. And, um, you know, it's kind of, that's kind of a downer way to end it, but... 
But truthfully, you know, that you have periods in your life uh, where you feel confident in yourself, feel you can, you can follow those dreams, and you have periods where you are less confident in yourself, and, and you don't. Mm-hmm. And um, those periods where you're not, you're, you're betraying yourself. Right. But at the same time, it's, it's hard to blame the person who's not following those, following that advice because, you know, being afraid is... Normal. It's real shit, yeah. It's yeah. real shit, yeah. yeah. I start feeling confident right around the time my taxes come in. <laughs> and then after that, I'm like, fuck it. Last year, man, you I got hit with mean? I got hit with an eight grand bill. It was not there was no feeling confident there. Uh, <laughs> they give it to uh, you and they take it away. We can we need to come back I was, and have I was, conversation. I was single, no exemptions, still eight grand. What the hell? Eight, I think this is the eight. most adult get, moment of this podcast. <laughs> this is the most adult because owing the IRS. It's uh, real I've shit. That was not I've got, fun. I've got 30. I got hit last year with $32,000. Nope. I would have died. I would have just tapped out and just said, I'm done. I, How I, high is this building? Do we right. want to talk about replacing sewer lines? Because that shit ain't fun either. No. And then, my, and then my accountant got me down to 15. I was like, oh my God, thank God. And then uh, three weeks ago, the IRS said, let's talk about that. Yeah. That year, so now I'm like, oh, that's great. So, Shit, uh, yeah. so you're being audited. This oh. I would nah, do anything I, for a dependent. Like, <laughs> you, oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter when you get to a certain point in your income. Yeah. Yo, I I, I started just for shits and giggles, adding kids on like a. On a I started adding kids Should on. Should we a, be airing this? <laughs> no, 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 no. I just wanted to see. I wanted to see how, well, how much of a difference it would make, and I started like. So I was on TurboTax at one point, even though I had an account. Just plugging just like, in random shit. And I just started plugging in kids to see, but and I added like like I felt like I had like twenty kids on here, and there wasn't nothing was changing. I'm like, that's crazy. Damn it, damn it. This is why I vote Democrat now. What was the question again? <laughs> I was about to repeat it. Uh, <laughs> so you know, what what's the best advice that you've never taken? All right, best advice you never taken. For me, it was simple. It was save money. I never saved anything. No. Yeah, that was it. That's fair. Um, That's good advice. If I would have saved something from the time that I started working till now, like you know how these kids they I don't know, start an IRA. Mm-hmm. Or put some money in a stock. Yeah, that sound that sound good, but more often than not, you're worried about like Ralph Lauren, right? Or Nike and things like that. So I think that um, if I would have gotten that advice and known that this life, this adult life, would have been more important mm-hmm. than living in the time that we were living in, which was to be cool, right? Um, I think I would have did all right, okay. or been doing better. Doing better, right? But I'm doing all right. You, I live down the street, good. yeah. So, and we in a pretty nice place. It's, it's so, nice. It's a nice area. I think we are. Yeah, all right. We're good. So, nevertheless, I would have been doing better. I would own the house instead of being paid for being paying for it, right? Okay. Like that's how I feel. Can that's I amend fair. my statement real quick? Sure. So it's I've never been given this advice, but it's advice I would now give, which is that you know your life, you're, you're really not necessarily all that special. You're mm-hmm. special to yourself and to the ones you love. But we're all special, and uh, I don't want to get all Fight Club in the, on this, but right. you know, mediocrity is not necessarily the worst thing. Right. That no, means I that you're a normal human being, and you've managed to successfully navigate the obstacles of life. Mm-hmm. Uh, success is defined individually, mm-hmm. and if you set the standard of someone who's at the pinnacle of human achievement, then you might be disappointed. Right. Every time. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. What about you, Eric? You get the you get the last word on this. 
Uh, don't feel like you have to say yes all the time, you know? Mm-hmm. People, I think, like, in your job, in your relationships, in your life, to your mom, you know, I think, at least for me, I tend to want to please people, so I tend to say yes and jump mm-hmm. in. And You don't always, don't say yes to go out if you don't want to go out. Don't say yes to spend money if you'd rather save. Don't right. say yes to, you know, to doing that extra thing for your boss if it means that everything else is going to suffer, you right. know? I think that was the most important thing and 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 understanding that if people are not going to like you in that moment then they should they'll end up respecting you later mm-hmm. you know so that's uh i thought that's that's actually one of the best uh that's a good one that's i was actually, gonna say the same thing yeah because yeah. that, that that probably if anything bogged me down especially early on in my career and then early in consulting is i never turned anyone down for the fear of disappointment and or disappointing them and and that's a uh, i mean i i would say that's one of the best things i that's a good one. We should write that one down somewhere. I would say rest in the passive and then like flake later. So. <laughs> well, I'm glad you showed up today. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Guys, I want to thank you so much for doing this. I really, really appreciate it. Um, it's been really fun and really eye-opening. And thanks again. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Awesome. This is real. It's nice meeting you. Excellent. Thanks, guys. We should we should do this like once a month, but let's do it at the Ashton or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's girls there. We can't do it at the Ashton. You guys can't do it there because clearly there's a problem. No. Um, but yeah, no, I I really had a lot of fun with this, and again, I really appreciate you guys, um, you know, opening up and and you know telling me different nuggets about yourselves and especially in a very intimate sort of way so I really appreciate it and that's it um this was such a good episode uh we had so 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 much fun as we were recording this um I just got so many really really great insights um I think my two main takeaways are um you know number one perhaps you should ask a lady uh, what her favorite letter from the alphabet is so that, you know, that's the only one that you focus on rather than having to, to sing the whole song to, to get through. Um, the second thing is that, um, you know, dudes really, really, really do care um, if their partners are satisfied. Um, and, you know, they they really do genuinely want your feedback to ensure um, that you are achieving that satisfaction and sort of want that two-way communication. Um, it definitely helps with their relationship to intimacy, um, and ensuring that, you know, you're happy because if you're happy, that's a feather in their cap and then they're happy. Um, so that was really eye-opening and I really appreciate, uh, Dave, Will, Joe and Eric for opening up and giving me those very blunt, um, and very open answers. It was fantastic. Um, tell me what you thought of the episode. Uh, you can comment on this episode on the website, www.ireluctantlyadult.com, or you can follow me on Instagram at ireluctantlyadult, or on Twitter at reluctantlyadlt, or you can email me at ireluctantlyadult at gmail.com. Uh, you can also rate and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Also, big, big, big thank you to Liz Welsh for helping me out in this episode. Um, You'll hear from her uh, again in the next one, uh, as well as sort of feel her influence through a lot of the uh, other episodes that we'll have for the remainder of the month. Um, 
Thank you to Christopher Davis for my intro and outro music and the amazing Ken Griffin for my incredibly dope logo. Um, This was a lot of fun and I hope you all enjoyed and I'll see you next time. Thanks. I'm going to promote this, John. You should. You you should tell all of the homies that it's out. You should tell everybody that you know. And also make them rate it on all of the homies. All of them. (laughs) Make sure that they rate it on iTunes and comment and, you know, high five it across the internet. I'd appreciate it.